Well, hi there, prolific author. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel out of control and powerless where your author business is concerned? Do you feel like you're doing things without knowing if they work? Like you're shouting into the void when it comes to marketing and sales? Well, today I'm going to give you three ways to take back your power as an author and feel more in control of your author business. Let's get started. Welcome to the Prolific Author Podcast. Let's face it, readers read fiction to feel emotion and be transported and transformed. In this ongoing digital revolution, where online marketing is always in flux, the only way to create a sustainable author business and live off your royalties is to write transformational stories, market at every stage of the author journey, and cultivate a loyal audience of readers. Fortunately, there's never been more opportunity to make a living as a fiction author. Hi, I'm Liesl Hill, USA Today bestselling author and story clarity coach. When I'm not dictating my own stories about dragons, serial killers, and dystopian worlds, I help other authors write their own transformational fiction, position them as bestsellers, and market them like pros. Join me on the podcast where I give writing tips, marketing how-tos, story advice, and interviews with other authors who are in the trenches just like you and making it work. We are prolific authors. Hi there, welcome back to the Prolific Author Podcast. I hope everyone's having a great week. This past week, we celebrated Halloween, and I hope that everybody who did celebrate it had a really good time, lots of fun, and stayed safe. I know I did. I uh, was able to take my niece and nephew out trick-or-treating and hang with my siblings for a little bit, and even get in a couple of my favorite horror movies, so that was super fun. I, for one, went as a witch, and I wore a pink wig, which my little niece was super, super excited about because she's a girly girl, and she loves all things pink and all things princess. So it was a really fun night, and uh, we all had a good time. As I record this, it's actually uh, October 31st. Around here, we actually celebrated Halloween on the 30th for the most part, and the reason for that is because it falls on a Sunday, and most people around here are religious and would just prefer to go out on Saturday. So that's what we did. Um, we may get a few trick-or-treaters tonight, those who uh, don't have the religious observance, and that's totally fine, but the vast majority went out last night. When we were trick-or-treating with the kids, there were just dozens of kids around us, little groups, you know, with their parents and everything. So most people went out last night, and that was super fun. Um, in terms of writing, on a personal update, because it is the 31st, that means NaNoWriMo starts tomorrow. And, you know, it's actually been a few years since I sat down and purposefully did NaNoWriMo. I'm usually just doing other things and I can't concentrate on it specifically, even if I'm doing, you know, my writing or possibly even enough writing to um, contribute to it. I just haven't really paid enough attention. But this year I am trying to get the entire first draft of my book five of Intergron finished during NaNoWriMo. So wish me luck with that. I would also love to get started on the sixth book. I don't have too many delusions, uh, maybe just a few, that I could get them both done in a single month, but um, I will probably do more than 50,000 words because the fifth book, I probably need more than 50,000 words on it. So I want to finish that one and maybe even get started on the sixth one. Uh, I would love to be able to get the sixth one done in December and do kind of a second nano on my own to get that done. But of course, it is December. It is the Christmas season. And um, I know that especially the week before or the week of Christmas, I tend to be really busy because I do a lot of baking. I do a lot of holiday baking around that time. So... Uh, you know, take my advice here and 
try to find a good balance between setting your sights high and getting work done on your writing, but also give yourself a break because it is the holiday season. It should be a fun time. Don't stress yourself out and, you know, give yourself permission to take some time off and be with your family and, and celebrate uh, the, the fun part of the year. Heaven knows the last couple of years have been difficult for everybody. So uh, take some time to be with your family and just appreciate the season and, you know, de-stress a little bit. <laughs> now, if anybody else is doing NaNoWriMo, I'm going to invite you to uh, join my prolific author community. I'm going to be very active in there during November, putting up word count posts and encouraging people and kind of doing a little NaNoWriMo community for the month, okay? So um, if you want to write along with us and be part of that, just search the prolific author community or the prolific author group on Facebook and it should pop right up for you. Okay, next we are going to do Mindset Minute. I have not done this before, but it's been something I've been wanting to incorporate into the podcast. So I'm really big on mindset. I'm really big on um, doing mindset work and mindset exercises, things like The Secret and um, affirmations and things like that. So I'm going to start doing something called Mindset Minute. It, it's probably going to be longer than a minute, but it will be less than five minutes. It's just going to be kind of little mini mindset lessons that will be incorporated into the beginning of the podcast. Okay. So today I want to talk about not letting your logic limit your belief. This is something that I have found myself doing in the past. And I, once I recognized it and kind of let it go, it made things a lot easier for for me, right? Okay, so when I first started getting into mindset work um, and listening to, you know, things like The Secret and, and things that have stories about people who have manifested things, one thing that you hear a lot is that people, when they start, you know, believing these sort of things and manifesting, they will end up, for example, coming into, say, money that they didn't realize they still had somewhere. So um, something that was owed to them and they had no inkling that that was still owed to them and then suddenly it shows up. Or um, money in a bank account that they had completely forgotten about and didn't know was there, that sort of thing. And I remember being skeptical about that, not in terms of them, but in terms of myself and in terms of my own life because I would think, well, I don't have anything like that. I don't have some random bank account from 10 years that still has money in it or you know something that's still owed to me. And so I would think I can't actually you know bring that to me if it doesn't exist. Now, I kind of have to look back at myself and laugh at that because it is so short-sighted. Um, I mean, the whole point is that they didn't know it existed. So just because I don't know of anything like that doesn't mean it's not there, right? The whole point is that if they had known about it and they were in need of money, they would have gone and gotten it. They, they didn't know it was there. So um, I was kind of missing the point of that. But the other thing is that we, you know, I am a Christian and we have more than ample evidence in the Bible that it is possible to create something out of nothing. If you think about uh, the miracle of the loaves and the fishes, they started out with only a handful of each. Um, was it four loaves and two fishes or the other way around? I can't remember right now, but they didn't have very much. And they passed this food out to a crowd of thousands of people. And this was not something where they took the bread and divided it into a thousand pieces, right? They were each given loaves of bread and full fishes. And at the end, they took up like 16 baskets, okay? There was so much left over, way more than they started with, okay? So we have very ample evidence that we can create something out of nothing. So. I was being logical about it and thinking, well, I don't have that. I know I don't have that, so I couldn't possibly receive something like that. But my logic was limiting my belief, okay? Don't let that happen. Now, even if you're not talking about money, if you're talking about your author business, don't make the mistake of saying, well, there's only 
this many people in this audience, therefore I couldn't sell more books than that. No, you never know where a book sale is going to come from. So don't worry about the numbers. Don't limit yourself logically through numbers. Just believe that you will get whatever the sales are that you're looking for and eventually they will come from somewhere okay it doesn't matter where you don't need to follow the logic path and that's something i struggle with because even though i am predominantly right brain just like all of you i'm a creative i have a lot of logic that i follow and so it's it, very often my logic can limit my beliefs and that's something that i have to work on day after day after day okay so just keep that in mind as you write and that can apply to anything it can apply to sales it can apply to people on your email list it can even apply to how much you get your writing done if you say to yourself I uh, generally can only write 500 words in an hour therefore I'm not going to get more done than that you're, you're limiting yourself because if that's what you believe that is all you will ever get done instead aim higher to how many words you could get done in the future and work toward that okay don't limit yourself with your logic okay so keep that in mind as we go forward in our writing Okay, so back to the questions I asked at the beginning. Do you ever feel out of control and powerless where your author business is concerned? Do you feel like you're doing things not knowing if they'll work or maybe you have done things and they haven't worked and you just you didn't know that before and felt like you wasted your time or, you know, you're doing whatever you can do to market but you're just still not seeing the sales or the reader or the pages read or getting people on your email list so it just feels like you're shouting into the void? Well, I have definitely felt this way too in the past. Um I used to feel like I was doing everything that everyone told me to do, but I still got very few sales and didn't feel like I was in control of my own business. It just feels like you're doing stuff not ever knowing if it's going to pay off, and that's so scary and so frustrating, right? I was writing books, but not getting much traction, that sort of thing, not getting many sales, uh, putting money into the production of the books, but not really making it back. Just keep in mind that most authors feel this way at the beginning, okay? Just like any other business, you're going to have to do some kind of grunt work and, and not get a payoff for a little while before you start to finally see traction. Well, let me tell you a little story. About 10 years ago, when I was in college, um, I was living with a particular roommate, and I kept we kept kind of running into each other. We got along okay. It wasn't like we didn't like each other, but we would just find that our schedules were so similar that we would run into each other in the kitchen or in the bathroom or in the, um, the laundry room, that sort of thing. And it just got to be a little awkward because neither one of us wanted to you know, create a problem. We didn't know each other very well. But at the same time, we would start to get frustrated with each other because every time we would go to do something, the other one would be there taking over what we wanted to do and we had to wait and that would throw our schedules off, right? And that went on for a long time. It went on for months because neither of us wanted to cause a problem and we kind of wanted what we wanted. And of course, when you're in college, you have a certain schedule where your classes are, where you have to work, you know, that sort of thing. And so it got to a point where I just wanted to not say anything and just sort of hope for the best and that it would work out. And how often do you think that that worked for me? <laughs> not very often. <laughs> more, than, more often than not, we would just, it was the same thing. We would run, run into each other and one of us would get frustrated. Okay. It wasn't until we actually sat down and talked to each other, which was probably at least, you know, the second semester. Like I said, it was probably several months. And we sat down and looked at our schedules and figured out who would do what when so that we weren't running into each other. And that made our lives so much easier, okay? Not just for obvious reasons in that the scheduling would work out, but because 
it made the tension go away. You know, we were always both so tense going, I need to do this at this time. What if she gets there first? You know, and, and that's stressful. It causes stress. And certainly you don't need more stress on top of everything else you're doing. That's true of college. That's true of all of you now trying to get your writing done, trying to raise your families, trying to work. Now we've got the holiday season. You don't need more stress. Like we all know that, right? Well, how often though do we all do this in our lives and in our work? Right? Instead of sitting down and figuring things out and really taking control of our schedules, we just kind of hope it works out for the best. And then we get really frustrated when we don't get everything done. Okay, We all do this in some part of our lives. And newbie writers especially are notorious for doing this with their writing. So I want you to be really honest with yourself and ask, do you do this with your writing? Do you kind of sort of know when you're going to write, but then just hope it works out for the best and and then if you go several days or you know several weeks without writing you get really frustrated and start to get really down on yourself i mean have you done that okay i'm i'm sure you have at some point or some iteration of that because we all have i certainly have but i'm going to give you three things today that will help you kind of take back your power when it comes to your author business and this is really important because even though None of these things will guarantee your results or your sales. What they will guarantee is that you will feel more empowered in your business. And that is going to, you know, kind of through a chain reaction is going to lead to more success, more writing time, more words, more sales, more marketing. Okay. So you need to really just take back your control, take back your power, feel empowered and know exactly what you're going to do to get results so that you don't feel like, okay, hopefully it works out. And if it doesn't, I'm going to be frustrated. Okay. So the first thing I want you to do is schedule your time. So as I said, how often do we just hope that things will get done around the other elements in our lives? There's nothing wrong with prioritizing other things like your family above your writing. Nothing wrong with that at all. But we still need to schedule time to write if we want to get things done. And it's not even just writing. It's not even just getting the words down on the page. It's also email editing, marketing, and everything else we have to do. So I used to just try to, you know, quote unquote, find time to do these things during my week. And they, the other thing about that is not only does it not work out half the time, we just won't find the time, but it always felt like a chore to me. Like I have a free minute and I have to answer emails and I just didn't want to. I'd be like, oh, wouldn't it be just be easier to take a minute to myself and, and relax a little bit, but I have all these other things I have to do. So not scheduling them at a particular time makes them feel hard. It makes them feel like a chore. Okay. Whereas if you schedule time both to do these things and maybe schedule time later to relax, it doesn't feel like a chore anymore. It just feels like something that you're going to get done. Yes. Something you have to do, but not in a really grudging drag yourself to the computer to try and do it sort of way. Right. I remember thinking that I could not understand how anybody, any writer, had time to do all this stuff on top of their writing and the rest of their lives. And you know, of course I felt like that. I wasn't making or prior prioritizing time to get it done. So whenever I tried, I kind of resented the time it took uh, to get them done, right? On the other hand, if you schedule and prioritize things, that resentment goes away. Keep in mind that you definitely should schedule things like family time, um, time to work and get done whenever other things you need to get done and schedule time to take time off, you know, whether it be with your family or just to, you know, lie down and relax or veg with Netflix, schedule time to do that so that you're not resenting your work time. But again, scheduling your time is really important. That gives you a much greater control over your schedule because then you know exactly how much time you have, when you have, but you also know that you're writing or you know, your email or whatever it may be is scheduled and you'll have time to do it, right? 
So what I want you to do is sit down with a calendar um, of like your week and you know maybe you need a special calendar for the next two months because heaven knows the holiday season both Thanksgiving and Christmas is very different than the rest of the year we're gonna have a lot more to do so maybe try to do a rough schedule for the next two months giving yourself some grace you know maybe giving yourself um, more time for holiday activities than you would during the rest of the year but at the beginning of the week sit down as well figure out what's going on for the week because you may have a Christmas party at some point that you don't know what the schedule is yet you won't know until the week before so sit down figure everything out and do your schedule so that you still feel like you're getting at least something done on your writing even in the midst of the chaos of the season okay always be very intentional with scheduling your time all right so the second thing that I want you to do is be kind to both yourself and others now now that may sound a little cheesy but what I mean is don't be so hard on yourself we especially creatives we tend to be very hard on ourselves we are our own worst critics right we all know it but you need to give yourself a break i've been working on my prolific author community for almost two years now i, I finally get have got to the point where it's all together and i've kind of finished it up and i'm going to start you know getting ready to launch and open the doors again and you know it's not like i've been working on it day in and day out for two years but from the beginning when i started to do it um, from conception, it actually, I, I decided to start my podcast and, and start working on something like this in December of 2019. Okay, so it was like three months before the first COVID lockdown. I am just now getting to the point where I feel like it's done and I can actually, you know, turn it into this well-oiled machine that will work for me. Okay, two years of work. And during that time, my writing has taken kind of a, a backseat to it. And of course, they're not the only things I do. I have tons of other stuff going on all the time, just like all of you do. So, Keep in mind that things just take a while sometimes. Give yourself a break. It's not the end of the world if you don't get your book written in 30 days. And I know I'm, I'm a, I feel slightly hypocritical saying that because I do advocate getting books done in 90 days. And I've just at the beginning of the podcast said that I'm going to try and get a full book written in the next 30 days for Nano. But <laughs> um, Nano, of course, is kind of an exception. It's a you know just once or twice a year thing. And you know, if you can't get your book done in 90 days, I, I, I'm not critical about that at all. I know that everybody has different lives and different periods of time where they can work on things, but it's just a matter of slowly moving yourself toward where you can do that. But if you can't, that is okay. You have plenty of other things going on in your life and nobody is going to be critical about that except you, okay? Um, in terms of books, the first book I wrote took several years to write. Uh, JK Rowling says this too. The first Harry Potter book, which was way shorter and more concise than the rest, took her like five years, okay? So things just take time. If you have already written a book, any book, or are on your way, you've, you are already far above the rest of the population, okay? So be gentle with yourself. Uh, recognize that you're human and, you know, some things are sometimes going to take priority over writing and that is okay. But by the same token, you also need to be gentle with others. It's inevitable that being a human, you are going to clash with other people sometimes or they will say something unkind or give you a bad review. It could be other authors, it could be readers. We're all going to go through it at some point. We have to develop a thick skin. But anytime it happens, here's what I want you to do. And this has really, really helped me. I always think of it as um, taking an eternal perspective, but you might also call it getting distance, um, compartmentalizing. So what I always do is, you know, if somebody says something hurtful and you need to have that moment of anger or that moment of hurt for a minute, then do that. Let yourself feel that. And then I want you to stop and I want you to sort of brainstorm all the reasons that this person who has done or said something that was harmful to you, why they might have done that, okay? If you can kind of think about the psychology between behind why people treat others 
with less than kindness, it actually, for me, it kind of helps me to distance myself from it. So it might be something like, um, you know, we all know that people hide behind the anonymity of the internet. They do it all the time. And a lot of the people who say nasty things online, it's because they are hurting themselves, right? They are um, lonely or they are bitter for some reason. And if they are bitter, it's because somebody has been unkind to them in some way. Um, the other thing is that sometimes you get people who are out to hurt others because they are getting paid for it for some reason. They're just being trolls on the internet. So for me, I always try to think of, okay, either it's this, that this person is in pain themselves and then I try to have compassion for that, or it's that this person is just being mean and nasty and maybe there's some um, more malicious reason behind it, but that just means that they're, I kind of think of them like a villain in my story. They're just a bad guy and there's no reason to worry about what they think because that's not what I think, right? Now, is that always thinking about it this way, trying to distance yourself or com compartmentalize it, is that always going to solve the problem? No, because the bad reveal review or bad comment or whatever it is might still be there. But it also does help me to distance myself from it and not worry about it so much. Because developing a thick skin, I guess it depends on how you look at it, but it's not always about getting tougher. Sometimes it's just about not worrying about it so much. Just let it slide off your back. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it. And this definitely helps me. So the next time you clash with someone, whether it's um, work-wise with another author or, you know, you get a nasty review or, you know, just some mean comment online, I just want you to take a deep breath and step back and think about why this person might be saying this to you. Um, and then why you shouldn't worry about it, why you don't care what this person's opinion is and be gentle with them. Try not to lash out at them. I know it can be difficult, but that's not going to be helpful to you or your author career. It's not a good look, but just be gentle with yourself and be gentle with others. I find that if I do this brainstorming exercise, I can have a lot more compassion for people, even if they aren't treating me very compassionately. All right, and third, we're gonna talk about comparing ourselves to others. Now, most people will say, don't compare yourself to others. I actually disagree with that. Comparing ourselves to others, it's just human nature, okay? We're gonna do it whether we tell ourselves to or not. What I would say is compare yourself to others in a healthy way. The problem is most of us do it in a very unhealthy way. We look at someone else and we come up with the reasons why we're not as good as they are. Don't do that. That's not healthy, that's not productive, that's not going to help you be a better author or sell more books. But sometimes comparing ourselves to others in the sense of looking at them and wanting to be where they are, even though you know you're not at the level they are yet, that can be a good thing. You can say, wow, this person has sold, um, you know, 20,000 copies of their books. I want to do that. But instead of saying, I'm such an idiot because I haven't done that yet, instead use it as something to aspire to and say, I want what they have. What can I do to get there? Okay. So compare yourself to people in a healthy way and be genuinely happy for them that they are living the life you want to live. And keep in mind that if somebody's doing it, that means it's very possible for you. So see it as an encouragement and a positive things. Okay. Um, one of my favorite entrepreneurs that I follow often, James Wedmore, said, use contrast to create clarity, not to conquer you. Think about that. Use contrast to create clarity. Clarity, he means clarity on what you want and where you want to be. But don't let that contrast conquer you, which means don't use it to put yourself down or be super negative about it. Okay, I think that's really just really a profound way to think about it, okay? So compare yourself to others in a healthy way, not an unhealthy way. So back to my story at the beginning. 
remember I talked about this roommate and how <laughs> we were both just kind of hoping for the best and it was not working out. We were clashing a lot. Once I started to be intentional about things, scheduling things purposefully, being kind with myself and with others, you know, with her, being very gentle with both of us and, you know, comparing ourselves in a healthy way rather than in a toxic competitive way everything changed okay we became good friends we didn't have any problems with each other anymore and things just became simpler and stress-free okay and that's what we really want we all have individual problems and the details are going to differ but really we universally have a problem of too much stress and that's what we need to do especially as the holiday season is upon us we need to de-stress as much as possible but also feel like we're being productive and getting our work done okay so one more time let's go over this you need to schedule your time very intentionally so that you feel empowered and like things are getting done and you have time for everything uh, be kind to yourself give yourself grace when things don't work out and you don't get it done as fast as possible i got news for you that's life and it's not going anywhere <laughs> it's going to continue to happen so just a Absorb it. Don't be stressed out by it. Be gentle with yourself and also be gentle with others. You know, take time to brainstorm why maybe they aren't being as cool as you would like them to be and have compassion for their possible circumstances. Okay. And finally, compare yourself to others in a healthy way. Um, use contrast to create clarity, not to conquer you. Okay. So if you get a chance, very anytime this week, this weekend, um, sit down and purposefully plan your time. For the rest, you know, there's not really anything at one time that you can sit down and do for it, but just the next time something comes up, maybe, you know, you get a little bit of unkindness from the internet or um, from somebody you, that you know, or maybe you run into someone <laughs> while Christmas shopping in the store. Um, stop and take a deep breath and, you know, like I said, show them some compassion, so show them some gentleness. And in terms of other writers, this one you could actually probably do actively. Look around at your writing community, at other writers you see, appreciate the positive things about them, how many books they've sold, how successful they are, what a beautiful story they've told, how big their audience is, and take a minute to really feel happy for them and feel gratitude that that is possible to do and know that you can do it and then aspire to that in a positive way rather than getting down on yourself for not being there yet. Okay. So I hope that this has helped you. I hope that this has served you in some way in your author business. That is it for today. Go forth and write amazing stories. And remember, there is always a market for awesome. See you next week. Me again. Before you go, if you found value in this episode, I would love it if you could leave me a review. Reviews are the best way to show your appreciation and help others find this podcast. Be sure to screenshot it, share it on your favorite social media network, and tag me at LK Hill Books. Remember, the world needs your stories. Only you can change someone's heart with your fire-breathing dragons, your mind-blowing mysteries, your epic romances, and your intense thrillers. So join the revolution and be a prolific author.